Welcome to Wicked Wednesdays. This is episode 36. I am Shelly, and as usual, I have my lovely husband, Alan. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Um, we had talked about we were going to do, um, as Alan put it, the Clinton suicide machine this week. But we've decided instead that we are going to cover Pazuzu Algred. Yep. Um... Somehow or another, the other night, somebody set up to record on my Sling TV this series on Vice called The Devil You Know. And, of course, I'm a sucker for anything true crime. So, I read So I read the, you know, what it said it was about. And I was like, well, it's already recorded. Don't know who did it. Nobody admits to doing it, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I guess it was fate. Anyway, yeah, I, mean, I mean, that's all we think of. But uh, anyway, so we started watching it. And, and we went down a rabbit hole. Yeah, we watched the first... Four? Yeah, the first four episodes in like one night. We were up until like six o'clock in the morning watching it. Um, and not like when I watched Hellier and was falling asleep watching it. Like intent, like chain smoking like heavily watching yeah. this shit like Alan didn't even fall asleep the first time I was so amazed <laughs> but um anyway there was some stuff about it I didn't really care for but um the story in and of itself I was just amazed at like how not only just how fucked up it is but just how fucked up the police you know yeah. investigation was yeah. and like me and him at the same time are like we're covering this so um this week's episode we're going to be covering the murders the police mm-hmm. investigation the death the lies the whole nine it's this is going to be one a long one so settle in uh do you have any weird news, sir? Uh, yeah, it's out of Florida. <laughs> As usual. Um, the cops arrested a couple. They were bicycling uh, for DUI. They didn't have their lights on, and they had almost gotten hit by a car. And they were handcuffed, and they decided to have sex in the cop car. Oh, my God. That reminds me. There's a chick that I knew, and you can actually Google this. Um, I forget where in Florida it happened. But there's a chick I went to school with, and um, unfortunately, she she's passed away now. Um, but uh, one day, somebody had posted the article on Facebook talking about, you know, just how crazy Florida is. And I came across it, and I was like, holy shit, I know this chick. Um, my... I don't want to call her my friend because that, you know, everybody says, oh, she's my friend. We went to high school together. I knew her. She was friends with my cousin and friends with my other best friend. So, we knew each other, you know. Um, And her name was Kathy. And she had married this guy, which I don't even know if she was really married to him or not. 
Because she had a lot of those, like, men that she was quote-unquote married to. But anyway, you know, she don't, you know what story I'm talking about, right? Yeah. Okay. I read it. So, <laughs> I, I read it before I knew you. <laughs> so, there was a story about these two people in Florida. They got into a fight. The dude set the car that they were in on fire with the girl in it. She jumps out. They get into a fist fight. Now, this is all during the middle of the day at a public beach in Florida. After they get into this, like, massive fist fight, they then start vigorously making out and ended up fucking on the beach in front of God and everybody, including small children. The police got there and had to break them up and um, stop the lovemaking. It happened in 2013. I found the article. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, anyway, so... They ended up getting arrested for that, and I was like, holy shit, I know this girl. But, um, it was, that's one of those things you're like, hold on, wait a minute. They got into an argument, he sets the car on fire. She's in the car when he sets it on fire. She jumps out, they start fighting. I know I'm repeating myself, but it's just, it's like, what the fuck? And what did they get charged with? Okay, arson to vehicle exposure and exposure of sexual organs. His lady friend. What's it? What was it? Was it uh, the dude's Kathy name, Gaffney? Is that what? Yeah, well, the dude's name was uh, Charles, David Charles Ayuppi. I have no idea what that dude. I never and met him. Her name was uh, Kathy Lynn Garone. Oh, yeah, okay, that's when she was going by Garona. Anyway, he her name was Kathy Lynn Cornegie, by the way. That was her, that's her maiden name. God bless her. She, she was a sweet girl. She just had a lot of problems, and I really hate the fact that she died. But she lived a really hard life, and it's funny. I mean, it was funny then. I mean, this is funny, but... I mean, her picture and everything's in there. It's fucking crazy. But uh, he was arrested, like I said, for arson to vehicle exposure, sexual organs. She was arrested for exposure of sexual organs as well as resisting an officer. (laughs) Oh, hi, girl. Anyway, I'm sorry. I just, that shit's hilarious is the fact that, like, I saw that article and was like, oh, my God, I know her. (laughs) Yep. Anyway, so you got any more weird news? Uh, no, let's get into Pazuzu. Or um, John Lawson. Well, I wanted to talk about, um, I'm thinking, because I don't know how many of y'all know this or not, but Jesse's quit doing podcasting. Um, and we're really sad about that. Um, if it wasn't for him and Horacopia... I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. Um, I was one of those people that anybody ever talked about podcasts. I was always like, gay, you know. And um, then I got around them. I met a lot of people. Um, Darian, Nez, um, Monica, um, who I think are some of the greatest people ever. And my viewpoint, and also, of course, my husband, um has changed about podcasting and now i not only um i still have a problem listening to them but i watch them on the regular 
Um, actually, I get on Alan's nerves with my watching the podcast. But um, I'm going to miss him. And uh, I was thinking maybe we could do, sometimes do um, movies and TV shows on here just to kind of break up the monotony. Because I know that you loved doing the movies Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And maybe we can convince Jesse to come back and do some with us. He, he He still promised me that we would cover Hellier. So I'm going to make him hold to that. But um, I think he's just gone down the Dungeons and Dragons hole. And that's where he's like he's headed right now. Yeah, he's, I was talking to him about it. He was, you know, he tried that blind on fear or whatever. He didn't put many episodes out. He really kind of lost interest in it. I know that there was, <clears throat> it really wasn't on our end because I've talked to him, but there was some drama with some other stuff he was trying to do. <coughs> well... You know, and I talked to him about um, y'all situation and about horocopia and everything. And I think both of y'all were getting the, your schedule and mm-hmm. his didn't match up because you're not home until late at night. And then off days he had shit he had to do. And, you know, it's just, I guess all good things must come to an end. But, yep. um,. If he ever listens to this, I want him to know how much we love him and how much the podcast world is going to miss him and the fact that he got a lot of people into it. Yeah, he did. And I'm one of those. So. And there's a certain somebody, I'm going to miss you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyway, time for talking about Jesse and stuff. There's a show. Um. Y'all know that I love ghost hunting stuff. We're going to get in there because it's October. We're going to start covering some ghost stuffs because I love it. Um, but there's um, Grant from the Ghost Hunters has got a show, which I haven't really seen any new episodes. Like, there's like one or two. Yeah. But there has he hasn't put out a lot of episodes on that, um, which I think is weird. But anyway, um, I want to talk about that. Um, the Ghost Brothers. Have you watched any of those new episodes? Yeah. They're f- hilarious. They're not as funny as the other ones, but they're still pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, then Grant, not Grant, um, Jason and Tango and Steve from the other Ghost, the, from the Ghost Hunters, they're starting a show on October 11th. So I wanted to talk about that. Of course, and I want Jesse to cover Hellier with us. Um, but yeah, so there's going to be some like little mini shows having to do with ghosts and stuff. And of course, we're going to do our other shit, which we don't know what that is yet. But anyway, that's the update that I have to give. All right. So, you want to dive on into this? Yeah. Okay. So, okay. Uh, Pazuzu Algarad. Algarad? Uh, yeah, Algarad. Yeah. He was born in 1978 under the name John Lawson. Yeah. And, um, I mean, it's just, he was born in California. Seems like he had a normal family, you know. 
a move to North Carolina. His parents divorced in 1990. In the documentary, they don't really tell you when. Yeah, they do. They tell you when, what, when he started to change? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, okay, yeah, he was born in 1978. Mm-hmm. They lived in San Francisco for a few years, and then his parents died, and they moved to Forsyth County, North Carolina. Somewhere, um, they don't say, we, like, I don't know what, uh, his parents got married in 1971. 1978, he was born. Sometime, like, in the 80s, um, they moved to North Carolina. They got divorced in 1990. So... He was about 12 when they got divorced. Um, when He was always a weird kid. Anybody that knew him talked about that he was a weird kid. He um, did weird shit. You know, um, all the neighbors talked about he was strange. Kids he grew up with thought he was strange. But, like, um, he was obsessed with horror movies. He was obsessed with... Um, like dead stuff. Yeah. And um so it never was like he never had this like major change. He just was weird. Okay. And it just it was like a it was a progression. It's just like Matt Flowers who was the act, who actually was the one that, you know, got all got the attention of the police about everything that was happening. Um was his friend um way back in the day. Yeah. And even though John or Pazuzu was ten years older than him, uh it's almost like he ne- like like Pazuzu never grew up. Yeah. It's like he had Peter Pan syndrome. When all of his other friends started growing out of the weird shit, like, you know, wanting to have families and, you know you know Stop, you know, wanting to, to do to be the hangout and all that kind of stuff. He started hanging out with younger kids. He was almost like the fucked up weird version of Matthew McConaughey in Days and Confused, you yeah, know? Because I mean, they said, you know, his house was like the party house, yeah. And the thing is, they, you know, nobody's I, I can't imagine, I don't, you know, going over there and getting fucked up. I mean. When they show, like, the house, they said it's you could smell it from, like, before you hit the porch. Thing is, though, is Matt said it wasn't always like that. Okay. I mean, uh, you know, Matt talked about how that when he first met him, the house and the yard and stuff, I mean, like, the pool was still working. Everything was still great at the house. It's just there was a back room in the basement was what was, like, you know, his area. And it was, all, like, the, nobody was allowed in the back room. And the basement was disgusting. And nobody went down there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, he, when his parents got divorced, there was about a, um... Trying to think. Let's see. Uh, it says okay that his mama got remarried in 1998. So there was about an eight-year 
time span where she yeah. wasn't married and but supposedly in this time frame now this is what he tells me y'all got you gotta remember he's like this pathological liar like mm-hmm. horribly bad liar right Pazuzu. Yeah. yeah and um so anyway he tells people that his mom was um you know that she uh was having sex with um bikers and you know like he was exposed to all this kind of shit now here's the thing though he tells people this shit was happening when he was six years old yeah okay his parents didn't get divorced until he was 12. so you know though a lot of people are like yeah i do this bullshit and his dad when his parents got divorced him and his mom stayed in you know north carolina yeah. his dad moved back to san francisco after his mom got remarried, um, she basically, once his dad left, it became like John's, mm-hmm. John's place, John's shit, you know, whatever. And <clears throat> um, when she got remarried, he was like, what, 20 by that point? Yeah. Yeah. So he moved to, uh, what you call, he moved back to San Francisco to stay with his dad because he didn't get along with this guy and that was when he legally had his name changed to Pazuzu right Pazuzu Ilian Augur yeah Ilian so he legally has his name changed from that from John uh, Anthony Lawson I think is what it was and then he um, and of course everybody knows he chose um, Pazuzu's from The Exorcist, yeah. so he chose that name. Um, and see, uh, look, he he on his Facebook page it says he went to Sonoma Valley High School, which is bullshit. He actually dropped out of West Forsyth High School, went to San Francisco, mm-hmm. changed his name. His dad was like. You gotta go, man. Yeah. You know, and send him back to North Carolina. He gets back to North Carolina, and that's when he starts doing his Satanist shit. He's, you know, this crazy Satanist. And after 9 11, he decided to tell people he was an Iraqi Muslim. Yeah, he started, well, he started saying he had, he was of Iraqi descent, and he would walk around with, you know, the head garb and all that yeah. kind of shit on. And just because he was trying, like, his whole thing was shock value. And, like, you know, trying to upset as many people as he could because that was, you know, his thing. And, um, like, the face tattoos that made absolutely mm-hmm. no fucking sense. I mean, literally. He, he filed his teeth down into points. Yeah, he, he got, well, I don't, they, I don't know if it was meth or heroin. But okay. either way, yeah, he took a Dremel tool and filed his teeth down. Um, it's, nobody knows if his tongue was actually split or not. Right. I mean, like, because in the autopsy report, it's not mentioned. But some people are like, no, his tongue was never split. Other people are like, oh, yeah, it was split. And he'd wiggle it at you and all this kind of shit. So nobody knows about that. Mm-hmm. But, um... He, uh... Shit. But anyway, um... So... He started telling people... Way before his first murder that he was killing people. He started telling people about how that he would go get hookers and he would kill them on the full moon and all this kind of and shit. Yeah, and eat them. And um, that you know, 
it just all this crazy ass nobody believed him everybody's like yeah dude you know you're full of shit whatever you know um and because and he was like a he was crazy but he was like a squirrely little guy nobody was really afraid of him. everybody thought he was full of shit um but he would surround himself with the kids that really had nobody or the kids that were the weirdos and the outcasts and that kind of shit and they almost looked up to him because for one he was wanted to be around people who were younger than him that he felt he could control he said um, he was a combin he his own work he was a combination of charles manson anton levay and alistair crowley yeah that was his goal it was yeah. like those were his those were the people that like his that he wanted to be like and um he had like several girlfriends that he called fiancés mm -hmm. but there was only one that was like a constant and that was amber byers birch like, birch amber yeah. birch oh i got byers from but anyway <laughs> um and there the the t the show starts out talking about um this guy named um Jared, no, that's his son's Jared. Josh, Josh Wetzel. Yeah, Josh Wetzel. Um, and he was this like really cool, like kind of hippie dude, you know. And him and his girlfriend met when they were in California, and they decided to drive across the country, and they drove to North Carolina, and they had saved up money from like working on these odd jobs and stuff, and they bought this farm. And they started having money problems, and the bank convinced them to do, like, this loan and ended up, they shouldn't have done it. And they listened to people that really just were leading them down the wrong path, and they ended up losing the farm. And she was pregnant, and she went to go work on another farm and basically was working just to live there and he was just kind of homeless um i think he had an apartment at one or point trailer. or trailer or something like that but um things got so desperate to where the reason why she left was because things got so desperate for them and there was all the jobs she kind of dropped you know dried up <coughs> and he started talking about wanting to sell drugs to make money and, and he did yeah and of course she was not cool with that and she was just like, you know, fuck this shit. I got, I'm out. I'm going to go live somewhere where my kid's not going to be around this. She just didn't want that. And he was selling stuff like pot and mushrooms. Like, he wasn't selling, like, coke or meth or heroin or anything like that. You know, he just was the local weed dealer. And, um, because he didn't believe in any of the strong stuff. You know, he's just, you know, like I said, he was a, he was a fucking hippie. And, uh... Nobody really knows how he came across Pazuzu or how he, um, you know, or how he even, like, got to be where he was staying there. Um, in the show, Stacy, who was his girlfriend, who was, um, Josh's girlfriend, and the mother of his child went to talk to Pazuzu's mom and 
the only explanation she could really give was that they had been friends and that he something had happened and his like water or some gas and it had gotten turned off and so he was like sleeping on the couch for you know a few nights and but anyway um he goes missing and of course she didn't know who Pazuzu was she knew nothing about him so she didn't know where to look for him he was missing for about seven six, six months yeah and one of the things the one of the reasons they split up is uh josh had gotten arrested for the drugs and because they had he had gotten uh sh- mushrooms in the mail they turned it federal yeah and he was a felon and he couldn't find work yeah and <clears throat> When he went, you know, he he would come around and hang out with the, with his son and stuff, and like he didn't go long periods of time yeah. without seeing his son. And wasn't it his birthday that he, like he or no he he was there for a barbecue for the yeah. birthday or something like that, and then he didn't show back up. And like she was used to him like disappearing for short periods of time, mm-hmm. but nothing like really long. And when he didn't show up for Christmas. Um, which the last time she saw him was in July and of 2009. Mm-hmm. And by Christmas, they were, yeah, they had already started to worry about him and everything. Yeah. But they didn't really know where to look for him. And she had talked to somebody and they had said they had seen him or something along those lines. And one of the reasons she didn't contact police sooner is she thought maybe he was on the run. Yeah, because somebody had told her that um there was a warrant for his arrest or something for a parole violation yeah and when in in february she talked to his parole officer and they're like no there's no there's no there's nothing nobody's looking for him and so then she got really that's when she was like okay you know well actually that was in january Mm -hmm. in february a girl came to her and told her that Josh was dead and that he was buried in the backyard of this guy named Pazuzu Alderab. And uh, she was like, the what? Yeah. <laughs> so she went to the police and told the police, you know, what was going on. And the police told at, her they had found his car abandoned. Yeah. They had found his car with the keys in it. With the keys in it, abandoned, like in in, in July. Mm-hmm. So they so, but they never told her. They never no nobody ever contacted her, nothing. And because he was a felon, you know they didn't think nothing of it. They just kind of like brushed it under the thing, you know, whatever. He's a, he's a doper, you know, and so they just didn't they didn't think nothing about it. So then you start to find out. That in July, Pazuzu shot Josh. And he kept, they don't know if it was Josh's body or not. Mm -hmm. Because there was somebody else that he killed in October of 2009. Tommy Dean Welch. Yeah, Tommy Dean Welch. Um, And he bragged about keeping a body in his basement covered in kitty litter and bleach mm-hmm. to try and keep the smell down. The only problem was is the reason why nobody smelled the body was not because the kitty litter and the bleach worked. Well, it was because of the fact that his house was so disgusting by this point um, that people would come over and literally shit in the corners. Yeah. 
and usually the dogs would eat it or it would just whatever and then no and it, it didn't get cleaned up and so the house just smelled like you know death they said the smell will hit you from before you got on the porch yeah you could smell the inside of the house from the driveway and when, um and but the thing is is this didn't stop people from going and hanging out because of the fact that when you went to his house drugs were readily available um mm -hmm. he would give you whatever drugs you wanted um there was like beer liquor everything it was you could go there and be and do whatever you wanted to do there was no nothing was taboo you know there was orgies going on there was you know just people would get so fucked up they wouldn't even know where they were at um it was and it was disgusting and we're watching this and i'm hearing all them talking about this shit and you don't find out until about what the third episode yeah his mother was still living there with him during all of this mm -hmm. Like, she had her room, which wasn't as fucked up as the rest of the house, but it still wasn't clean. Yeah. But she had her room. In her bathroom. In her bathroom. And that was her spot. And then the rest of the house, this just nasty, hoarder-style, fucking cesspool of a house, was his. When uh, they finally did the search warrant and the cops went in there, they had to get... Hazmat. They had to get the firefighters in their hazmat gear. Yeah, they had to leave, go get hazmat gear, and come back to work in the house because the fumes were making people sick. Um, but it, it, huh? Didn't to get into one room, they had to like bust a hole in the wall from outside. I don't know that. It was something like that. I didn't see that. Okay. I think there was already a hole in the wall. But anyway, um, anyway, so. January, I mean, not January, July 2009, um, while Pazuzu's mom was getting ready for work, she hears what sounds like... She thought it was, she said fireworks. Yeah, she thought it was firecrackers because it was July, and um, she goes out, and this is multiple shots, um, she goes out, and he's standing there with a gun... And Josh is dead. And she freaks out and she leaves and she goes to work. Um, this That's her story. That, that's her story of what happened. Um, she never called the police. Nothing. Um, I want to say it was in two, that was it 2011 yeah. when she went to the police because... They had gotten into a fight. I thought it was like 2010. Anyway, I'll get to that in a minute. So, that's the first murder. He shot Josh eight times. Mm -hmm. And they chopped him up. And uh, not only did they dismember him, they cut all of his extremities off, including his penis. Um, which there was no reason for that. Um, so, this one girl, her dad had been dating this chick named Kristen McClintock. McClintock? Something like that. Anyway, she, um, 
I don't know if the girl's dad was on drugs. I don't know. She's just said that, you know, he had recently come out of a divorce and he Matt was like Locke. Matlock. Yeah. Um, anyway, no, it wasn't. It was Chris Crystal Matlock. Matlock? That's mm-hmm. not the way they were pronouncing it in the show. Anyway. Doesn't matter. Um they uh um her dad had been dating the, her, and she was also one of, quote-unquote, the fiancés. The women that he fucked around, that Pazuzu fucked around with. Yeah. And, um, she convinced this girl's dad to go over there and help them bury the body. Um, the way that Pazuzu, well, Pazuzu actually called Amber, because he had been dating her. Told her to come over um, that she was going to help him, um, bury this body or he was going to kill her too. Right. Uh, she then calls another girl who was Matt Flowers' ex-girlfriend. What was her name? I don't remember. Anyway, um, and tells her that she's going to help too. So you've got about five or six people who are gonna dig this hole and bury you know him we'll come to find out well no 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 she helped amber bury the dude that amber killed mm-hmm. that yeah. timothy is it no was it timothy tommy tommy tommy, tommy Dean Welch. um anyway uh but anyway so this guy goes over he helps they dig the hole they put the body in there they cover the body up and he goes home and he's so upset by what happened he tells his daughter and his daughter was college educated, pregnant, non-drug user, never been in trouble, you know, good girl. She immediately goes to the police. She goes to the police station and she tells them what her dad's told her. She gives them the name. She tells them about where it's at. She doesn't know the address. Um, and she didn't really know anybody but this, you know, Matlock chick. Mm-hmm. She knew her name, but she didn't know the name of the person who had been killed. But she tells him, look, my dad buried somebody last night. Um, and it's at some guy's named Pazuzu's house. The police are well aware of, of Pazuzu. They know who he is. Um, so, she's there for like 15 minutes. They kind of blow her off. And a, uh, instead of trying... To take and you wanna go outside, Maddie? You wanna go outside, Pee Pee? Hold on, y'all. Let me. I'll pause first. Sorry, I had to let the dogs out. Anyway, uh, so um, they don't pay any attention to her. They go by his house, walk up to the front porch, knock on the door, and tell him, "Hey, we got uh, we somebody called to tell us that you know you've murdered somebody and buried him in your backyard. Is that true?" He tells them, "No." Mm-hmm. And then they say, "Well, can we come in and look?" And he says, "No." So they leave. Great police work, guys. Way to go. So, anyway, uh, other people who had been involved in it started calling the um crime stoppers number because it's you know you don't have to um give your name yeah you don't have to give your name the matt flowers had been in iraq 
he had enlisted. He had, he had decided not to be friends with, you know, well, not decided to be friends with him, but he knew he had outgrown him and he needed to do something else with his and life. He went to Iraq, he said, in a way to get away from Pazuzu. Yeah, it was like he knew if he had stayed hanging out with him that um, he probably would have ended up dead. Mm-hmm. You know, he would have been one of the junkies, you know, that was always there. It, it would have been bad for him. Uh, he knew his life needed to change. So he goes, joins the military. Um, since Iraq, several times he had actually talked to Pazuzu on the phone, and he kept asking, "Have you killed anybody yet? Have you killed anybody yet?" And Matt was like, "You know, when when you don't want to talk about that kind of shit, yeah. you know, you just you, you that's not something you you want to have a conversation with somebody about, you know." And um, so he never would answer him. He never would tell him, you know. Um, yes or no or you know because he kept asking what have you seen and all this kind of stuff and they just didn't want to have that conversation so um anyway he comes back home from the states okay he gets back to the states and um that's when the girl told him told him about being forced to help bury this body i think she did help bury josh because remember matt yeah the first time he would talk to the police was in july yeah so yeah because the so, two girls buried josh and they couldn't they couldn't bury him completely they like left his legs sticking up and stuff well his didn't have his, his legs weren't attached that's the, something they had yeah they couldn't like they, the hole was too mm-hmm. was too shallow and so they could like his body wasn't go all the way down the hole so they covered it with a tarp and then put the dirt on top of the tarp and um he calls the Crime Stoppers thing because he wants to. He's at this point, he's you know, he wants to do the right thing and report it, but he doesn't want anybody to know that it's him because I mean, he's they're fucking afraid of this guy, right? So, this is also in July. So, not only do you have that one girl, um, who you know, her dad told her what he did, and she, even though her dad would have gotten in trouble, yeah. she still goes to the police. Then you have Matt. Who he calls in Crime Stoppers and tells them the whole fucking story. Tells them there's there's they've they've buried him in the backyard underneath the tarp and on top of the tarp is 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 dirt. Mm-hmm. And they still didn't do anything, nothing. So October rolls around and once again, right in front of his mother, he kills Tommy. Yeah, he kills Tommy. And what do they do? And actually, he didn't kill Tommy. <coughs> His girlfriend killed Tommy. Yeah. So, um, but, you know, he, they bury him in the backyard. And he brags about it. And, you know, this is all still in 2009. Mm-hmm. By February, you know, Stacy finds out from... There was a girl who would hang out with him. Who she wasn't there when any of the, the when anything happened. But Pazuzu would always brag about all this shit. And one of her friends, which I think was Matt Flowers' ex girlfriend, yeah. was really traumatized by it. And so this girl, I forget what her name was, she took her phone and went over there and recorded them talking about what happened, how it happened, where he was buried, what they did to him. 
I mean, like, massive details. That's how they knew that he had been cut up and they had even cut his penis off. Was because of, like, all this detail, right? She takes it to the police and gives it to the police. Like, you know, says, here, here's a recording. And they did nothing with it. This is all in 2009. Um, 2010, after the police have done nothing with what she's told them, she goes to Stacy and she tells Stacy, look, because um, they had a mutual friend and she went out to the farm where Stacy was at and she sat down her and she's like, look, you know, I think you need to know this. And she tells her everything that she knows and she plays the recording for her. So Stacy goes to the police. What Stacy didn't know was that they had already, um, I was that was yeah. Stacy, like it was like the day before, mm -hmm. um, Pazuzu's mom had come up there and told them that she had witnessed that he had killed somebody in front of her. That she had seen it with her own eyes. And because of the fact that the day before that, Pazuzu and his girlfriend had gotten arrested for assault, they kind of thought that maybe she was just doing it out of retaliation, yeah. and they didn't take her seriously. So, when Stacy came and Stacy told them, they were like, well, let's get a search warrant and let's go look. So they get a search warrant and they needed the ground penetrating um, uh, radar. radar stuff. And the college that had it, they were they they, they said, you know, well, it'll be ready. Like, well, we'll we can have it to you in two weeks because we're in the middle of doing something. And the professor even told them, look, um, these dogs are probably not going to be able. These cadaver dogs probably are not going to be able to find a body. In this situation because the way they were explaining it to him you know about the house being funky and nasty and all this kind of shit that you know their senses would would be off they wouldn't be able to find a body if it was out there and the police decided that you know what it's, it's we got to go do this now we can't wait two weeks they've waited all these months but they couldn't wait two weeks to get this 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 you know this equipment and so they go ahead and they go with the dogs. Well, they execute the search warrant and they don't find anything because the dogs don't pick up the bodies. Even though they were right there, there's the tarp, there's everything. You can actually see in the, the videos, what, five years later? Yeah. The fucking backyard is exactly the same. There's mounds of dirt on top of blue fucking tarps. It's all out there. It wasn't even like hid well, and they try and the police try to say, "Oh, well, do we think that they they dug them up mm -hmm. and then reburied them?" No, they didn't. That shit was out there, and it stayed out there. Yeah, and and we should also <clears throat> we've talked about Tommy and Josh. We should mention what uh, in June of two thousand ten. That's what I was getting to. Um, so after they found nothing, Pazuzu. And a friend of his, Nicholas Rizzi. Um, they're out riding around, and they pick up this. Um, 
I don't know what. I mean, I don't even know why he was with him. Like why yeah. they? I mean, like why they picked him up? Because he wasn't. He wasn't like he wasn't on drugs, was he? No. I mean, like he wasn't like your normal person that they would have been with. I want to say they like he went down to the convenience store to buy some cigarettes. Yeah. And I want to say they asked him if he wanted to go drink with them or something. It was something stupid like that. He was just some guy who saw these dudes and was like, "Hey, yeah, you know." Named Joseph Chandler. Yeah, and Joseph. Um, they went down to the riverbank, and they were hanging out, and Pazuzu told him, we're fixing to kill you, and he was just like, whatever, he didn't believe him, you know, he was just like, whatever, and they went to go fire the gun, and it jammed, mm-hmm. and he literally thought they were just fucking with him and he went to go light his cigarette and before he he had the cigarette in his mouth and before he could get it lit they shot and killed him and somehow or another like he got away with this shit i mean i don't think he hadn't gone to trial yet i think is what it was like they were, like, still investigating it. Like It was I, in 2012 he got sentenced to probation. It yeah. was involuntary manslaughter. Yeah. It was like, oh, it was an accident. They were playing with the gun, and the gun went off. And Nicholas was sentenced to, like, a year. Yeah. Because supposedly he was the one that pulled the trigger. And somebody said that Pazuzu wasn't even... The courts, you know, was like, Pazuzu wasn't even with him. Pazuzu just hit him at his house. Well, that's the whole thing, yeah. is that... Nicholas says he was with him, mm-hmm. and that they were together, and that that's, you know, and he told them, like, that's where they got all the details about what happened yeah. to him. Pazuzu tried to say he wasn't with him, and that he was just, you know, hiding him out, and that that's why he got, like, was an impede, impediment of a police yeah. investigation or something like that. Um, but, you know, other people have said, you know, that he was there. Oh, yeah. But anyway, so he's involved in that. So that's three bodies now. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, he's still lying, telling people that he's killing people on the full moon. And um, he was sacrificing animals. Yeah, I mean, um, and drinking their blood. Yeah, he would hearts. literally like rip out bunnies' throats in front of people because his teeth were all jagged and shit. And um, he. Uh, and he was getting deeper and deeper and deeper into, like, drug use. And, like, shit was getting, like, even crazier at the house. And this one night, um, Matt starts hanging back out of there. Because Matt basically was trying to... He was trying to to find a way. Because Pazuzu kept trying to convince people to kill other people. Yeah. And Matt was trying to find a way to prove that he had done this shit. And he was getting to the point to where he was fixing to kill Pazuzu. Because he Mm -hmm. knew how evil he was. And he was worried about him killing somebody else. And this one night, there was a guy there. Pazuzu had been being like a real dick to his mom. And this guy, who they didn't really know that well, stood up to him and told him, Hey man, you need to quit that shit. You know, it's wrong. And he was a bigger dude. Them. He was bigger than Pazuzu, and so Pazuzu took Matt into the kitchen and tried to convince him to kill this dude. Yeah. Like, was working hard 
to convince him to kill this guy. And Matt was like, fuck you, man. No, I'm not going to do that. Are you fucking crazy? Like, I mean, like, he got up in his shit. And he, he said, like, he, like, bounced his head off the counter and, like, you mm-hmm. know, kicked his ass or whatever. And then he took the dude aside and was like, red lobster. <laughs> look, well, he told him, he said, hey, man, look, you need to leave. You need to leave right now. And the guy was like, man, what the fuck are you talking about? Because he had been staying there for, like, days or some yeah. shit. And um, he was like, he's trying to convince me to kill you. And like, like Alan said, he took the guy to Red Lobster. He bought him, like, you know, an expensive dinner, explained the situation to him, and told him never to come back, and they never saw the guy again. Yeah. And then the next day, um, he went to the police department. And at first, they were not taking him seriously. And then he was like, look, man, you know, I'm a soldier. I know when I see fucked up shit. And I'm telling you that this is, you know, this is what happened. And uh, I think he might have said my military man. Yeah. Anyway, but he, he because he had was covered in tattoos and shit, they weren't trying to pay him any attention. And then when he told them, hey, I'm in, you know, I'm in the military, blah, 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 all this kind of shit, they were like, oh, well, let's pay attention to him now. He's not one of these normal kids that have been coming in here telling us these horse shit stories. Which I think is fucked up on top of that. Yeah. When you had so many people telling you the same fucking story over and over again. It takes somebody coming in and basically using the whole, I'm in the military, you know, you can trust me, you mm-hmm. know, kind of shit. To get them to even take notice. And he also tells them, if y'all don't do something, I'm going to kill him mm-hmm. myself. And he told them, he was like... I will kill him, and then I will come right back here and turn myself in because I know what's right and I know what's wrong, and this motherfucker's wrong. And so, what was it like? Couple. I think it was like a week later, yeah. maybe. If it may have not even been that long, um, they swarmed the house, had the ground penetrating radar. They go out there. Um, when they tried to make entry into the house, like we said, it was so bad that they were recording it, and you could hear them gagging. Mm-hmm. And so they had to leave. And the and cops were like, is that shit? Is that blood? What is that? Yeah. There were animals in cages that were dead. One of the cops, he looks over something and he goes, is that thing dead? And then one of them's like, no, that one's breathing, mm-hmm. but that one's dead. I mean, like, um, he... There was animal carcasses. There was, you know, dogs running everywhere. There was, I mean, it was, it was fucking disgusting. And, um, of course, there's shit everywhere. Literal shit. Um, the only place that was remotely clean was his mom's room. And it was, like I said, it was not, mm-hmm. it was just, you know, it wasn't a shit fest. But it wasn't, like, you know, great. But, um, they go in and they search the house and they find, you know, weapons and shit that wasn't supposed to be there. And then they go out in the backyard and they find the bodies. And it's been five years from the from the time that until from two thousand and nine until two thousand and four, when fourteen when they um when they finally you know paid attention. In that amount of time, two, uh, yeah, Josh died, but, you know, 
if they would have paid attention from what they, from whatever I was talking about Josh, they could have saved two other lives. Mm-hmm. And that's if he didn't kill anybody else. Yeah. I mean, because nobody knows. Because, like, there's some people like, oh, he's killed, like, 15 people. Mm-hmm. But nobody knows because he lied about shit so much. Nobody believed he killed Josh. I mean, it really took, like, the people who were involved in it, involved in the burial and shit, you know, to convince other people that this shit happened. There was one of his friends... Who he kept telling that he had killed all these people to, and he didn't believe it until he saw the body of Tommy. Somebody in the yeah, basement. Yeah, in the basement. <clears throat> this was after Josh, so I mean, yeah. like he kept one of their bodies in the basement for like a month, and it literally, like, it really did have yeah. cat litter and bleach on it, and. Like, he showed it to this dude, and it freaked him the fuck out. And he was like, oh, my God. And, like, he didn't go back over there. But, you know, and people talked about how that before he became Pazuzu, he wasn't really a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Like, Matt even said, I miss my friend. Yeah. I miss who he was before he became this. Yeah. And, um, but anyway, so they find the bodies. They do the autopsies. Um, and the crazy thing was, is they sealed the the search warrant and they wanted to keep the search warrant sealed. And, um, because of the fact they wanted to keep the search warrant sealed and shit because of the information that was in it proved that they had botched the fucking job. Mm Mm-hmm. Because once they found the bodies and they realized that all this time, all this shit they had been told that they didn't do anything about was true, they wanted to keep all that sealed. Then, Pazuzu, while he's in jail, he tried to um, gnaw through his arm. And they sent him to the hospital and then they put him on suicide watch. And he was supposed to be checked on like every hour. And... Somehow or another, he was left alone long enough to tear open the artery in his arm and bleed to death. And he so he killed himself in his jail cell. Uh, that left Amber and the Matlock girl to take the brunt because like people were super pissed. Like this town where they were at in Forsyth County. I think it's Clemens. Mm-hmm. Um, they are super religious town, <coughs> super conservative. Um, it's a suburb of Winston-Salem. Yeah, it's a suburb of Winston-Salem. And they were, I mean, they were out for blood. They were like, they, they wanted an example, maybe all this kind of shit. So you had these two girls and, um, Crystal McLean, uh, or yeah, Matlock, whatever it is, she got four years and then they, but they took the time off for time served. So once she got seen this, I think she got released right after mm-hmm. that because she had been in jail for so long. Yeah. And then um, Amber, uh, she got 30 something years. Something like that, I'll And, uh, you know, the mom, his mom was never charged with anything. Um, and what kills me is the fact that, like, as soon as they went into the house, like, Amber rolled on Pazuzu, like, right off the bat. Told him everything. Yeah. 
and she would have probably been cut a deal if he hadn't killed himself. But because of the fact that she, he died and there was nobody for her to testify against, she didn't get as much of a deal as she would have, you know, she pled guilty. You know, so they took that into consideration and, you know, didn't do the death penalty or anything like that. But she probably would have gotten a, a lesser sentence had he been alive and she could have testified against him. Um, but she was just as fucked up as he was. She was all about the shit that he did. She encouraged the shit that he did. Um, I mean... People talk about him because he was the crazy and all that kind of shit, but she was, like, right there along for the ride. So she wasn't, like, some innocent victim and all this shit. She was just as fucked up. But, um, anyway, his mom, who I personally believe should face charges because of the fact that she had two people murdered in front of her and did absolutely fuck all about it. Yeah. She went to the police one time because she was trying to make sure that, that you know, that they couldn't come back because, you know, and it backfired. And after that, she didn't do anything else about it. You know, she didn't, yeah. you know, nothing. And then the thing that fu- they so fucked up and that one of the reasons, another reason why they didn't take her seriously was because of the fact that after she told them that he had murdered these people in his home and in front of her. They ask her, well, can we search the house? Yeah. Can we go there? Can we search the house? Can we get it? Can we get, you know, um, evidence? And she tells them, no, they can't search your house. So they're like, we don't have enough evidence to do anything. But then when, when Stacy showed up with the information that she had, plus what the mom had said, that gave them enough probable cause to go and search, but they wouldn't wait on the ground penetrating shit. So it was, you know, Four years from that point, that they finally, you know, fix shit. Yeah, I just found Amber Birch's uh, North Carolina Department of Correct Public Safety Offender Public yeah. Information. I'm yeah. listening. I'm, I know. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah, she's sentenced to 39 years in one month. Um, second degree murder. She is in the. Uh, North Carolina uh, Correctional Institute for Women. Her next custody review is in uh, two thousand is in two thousand twenty. Her last infraction date was uh, in two thousand nineteen. It was in May. What'd she do? Looking. Um, it. It doesn't say. Should be right there with it. Um. Oh wait, hang on. View infractions. Uh, weapon possession that was in August, and a high risk act was in May. High risk what? High risk. High risk act is all it says. That was in May, and in August 2018, she had a shank. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm saying she's a fucked up chick. Mm-hmm. I mean, high risk act is either she tried to hurt herself or somebody else. Yeah. I mean, you okay, girl? <laughs> she looks a lot different now, even than she did in the documentary. That's her now. 
Damn. Yeah. She lost a bunch of weight. Mm-hmm. She's like a school teacher. Yeah, she does. That's so fucking creepy. <laughs> and the thing is, y'all, y'all can look up Zuzu Alagard or Algared. It's on his Facebook profile. On is there, and so is Amber's it's Amber Algared. But that is not. She did not legally change her name because under her admission things, Birch, first name Amber, middle name Nicole, and I just found it interesting that I found her thing so quick. Oh yeah, well probably because it's being. Looked at a whole bunch because yeah. of the show and whatever. But the thing that I liked about this, and also in the show, they've got these two people on there that were part of the group that hung out there, and it shows them like one dude's. The dude's name is Nate. Nathan Anderson. Yeah, Nathan, and uh, he. He was there during all this. Like, he knew what had happened, but he chose not to believe it. He was just too busy scoring heroin and being a fuck-up. And, like he said, he was a coward. Mm -hmm. And had he come forward, like, he talked about how there was plenty of times. And I think a lot of people, like, they were around Pazuzu because they wanted to be in a party lifestyle. But they didn't like him. Yeah. They like being having somewhere to go hang and like do their drugs and just fucking be shits and nasty and you know whatever. But they didn't like him because he was he was had a bully mentality. Mm-hmm. He was very bullyish and he like he liked to try and force things on people. Well, do you remember Matt said at one point is after he had called the anonymously called the Crime Stoppers line that Pazuzu told him he said man. They were sitting there looking at a fire in the fireplace, and Pazuzu said, Man, I know it was you that called them, but I don't care. You're my brother, and I love you. And you know, there's two things. Satan protects me, and there's two things. I can't be caught, and I can't be knocked out. Yeah. And then Matt was like, And I proved he brought up both counts. <laughs> yeah, Matt was like, I knocked him the fuck out, and he's caught. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, I mean, um, I thought, yeah, that was, I remember that part. Um, but he also talked about that, uh, anyway, that Nathan guy, like, he finally, like, throughout the show, you see, like, their struggle with a heroin addiction, and what was her name? Jenna. I think, yeah, Jenna. Yeah, it was Jenna. Um, she's, she's, like, prostituting herself and stuff, Mm -hmm. and he's in prison, and, and she finds out she's pregnant, um, and... He got clean in prison, and so they both have to, like, she has to give up, you know, the drugs and stuff, and you start seeing how they're alive and how they were really only together because of the drugs. Like, I've seen so many couples that are like that who, I love you, man, we're ride or die, we're forever, pass me the needle, all that kind of shit, you know, and, like, as long as they're fucked up and they're high and shit, because they have, that's their common bond is to get fucked up, but once the drugs are gone... And you can see clearly, and that's all you had in common. Mm-hmm. You're not together anymore. And so, like, Nathan and her, they split up. But this the guy, Chad, who started all this, he wrote an article for this um, little... He had a blog, basically. Yeah, it was like an online newspaper that him and his wife wrote. And um, he started all this, like, wanting to investigate it. Because he was looking at it from a, hum- a human humanitarian 
point of view of like, how the fuck did this happen? How did this go? How did it go this long? You know, like, where did, you know, where did society fuck these kids up at? Like, you know, how did it end up that it was this bad? Mm-hmm. You know, that nobody would pay attention and, you know, so he was looking at like, in that in that direction and just about how like, the system failed everybody. And, um, anyway, like, Nate was talking about how that he would, like, um, fantasize about getting a bunch of the guys together that hung out there because they didn't like him and just fucking killing him. Mm-hmm. And Chad asked me, you know, well, why didn't you? Why didn't you go to the police? Or why didn't you, you know, he's like, because I'm a coward. I've, you know, he's like, I was always a coward. And... He was like, it was easier for me just to pretend that it was bullshit, that none of that had actually happened. And, um, that's, I think that, that, I think that speaks a lot to why a lot of shit happens. You know, not even just murders and stuff or people keeping quiet about things. It's the whole, me and I was talking to Alan about this. when I was growing up, um, I had a few friends of mine who their parents wanted to be like the party parent, you know, the the cool parent that you could go to their house and you could drink, you could smoke pot, you could do this, you could do that. And those friends that I had, if I look at them now, they're all so fucked up. Mm-hmm. There's some of them that, you know, got fucked up but they got out of it because their party parent paid for their you know their their rehab and whatever but it was the whole thing of there was no structure there there was nothing there to I mean like there was no consequences you know what I mean and they could do whatever they wanted to do and so many of them are heroin addicts are dead in jail and I even have one of them who I love his mother to death. Um, and a lot of the reason why he got away with shit was because she she had addiction issues of her own. And when she got sober, she felt so guilty about the shit that her kids had had to live through that she let him get away with a lot of stuff. And her house, like, you couldn't go over there and get fucked up and shit, but, like, she gave us a lot of leeway with things. Like, we could go over there and just, like, hang out and do whatever and you know but we like basically we could go smoke pot on the front porch but we couldn't do it in the house kind of thing Mm -hmm. you know like if she didn't see it but she didn't put up like hard drugs or anything like that um i had other friends whose parents would take and fucking shoot up with them and stuff but smoke crack with them but um One of my best friends, who I spent countless hours with, he was an amazing poet. He writes some of the most fucking, like, deep songs. He was a drummer. Um, I could just sit and talk to him for fucking hours about all kinds of crazy-ass shit. And... Now, he's not there anymore. 
He literally smoked himself stupid. He's he's not he's not the person that he was. And I don't mean like you know, he mean you no, know, I mean like he literally is childlike. Like I his I've told his mom I wanted to see him and every time I tell her that she's like, you know he's not the same person. She's like, you know, he's not he's He's a shell of himself. He really can't hold conversations. Um, and I miss him. And that's one of the reasons why I never got involved in like heavy shit. But, you know, going back to that, he, we had, there was another guy that we all hung around with in his house. You could fucking do whatever you wanted to. You know, people, like, his house was almost like a, a Pazuzu house. Mm-hmm. And everybody who hung out there, um, especially the, the guys, 90% of them made their own meth, on heroin, they're dead, they're in jail. It's like, there's some fucked up shits with them. And the dad, who, um, he's fucked up. You know, the mom, she's pretty cool, but, mm-hmm. like, she was a lot stricter and shit. Like, she could, you could smoke pot around her because she smoked pot, but that was it. She didn't, like, there was nothing. That, you didn't do anything else. Um, but anyway, my point is, those people, there was no, like, I look at, like, how my upbringing was with my parents and how strict they were and mm-hmm. shit. I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm not saying, you know, but I did not make the same mistakes and did not get into the same lifestyle. Even though I was around it, I was there. I was in the middle of it. You know, I didn't do it because of I was afraid. I knew I would, like, I mean, I, I smoked pot. I did ecstasy. I tried coke a couple of times. You know, I had my my time mm-hmm. where I was doing shit I shouldn't have done, but I never went, went like deep in on anything because I was afraid. Like I tried shit because I didn't want to be like the dumb one that did, wasn't doing anything. Yeah. Cause peer pressure, um, and which I could fully hundred percent admit to doing. Like you know I wasn't, a <laughs> mm-hmm. but so many of my friends like got fucked up on pills. You know I mean it was so bad. And I don't really have an addictive personality anyway, but there was things that I wouldn't touch because I knew. Yeah. I knew I'd end up being fucked up on it. I'm talking about like the the Pazuzu house or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. There was a guy I went, and this was in middle school. I was in like seventh or eighth grade. Uh. <clears throat> We went over to his apartment, like, you know, what he shared with his mom. And I remember, you know, everybody was like, oh, it's so cool over there. You know, she'd let us, like, drink beer and stuff. But, I, you know, I went, when we went to his room, and he had all these, like, pictures from Hustler hanging on the wall. I mean, you know, this wasn't, like, Bikini Girls or Playboy. Yeah. This was, like, oh, hard, I know Hustler, hardcore yeah. shit, you know. And... 
you know, and and I, someone was like, oh, this, you know, this is this is cool, whatever. But later, I got to think about it, and I remember, you know, I went home back to my house. You know, I had my TV and my video game system and stuff. I mean, all he had was like, you know, and I'm not trying to say, oh, I was this rich kid or whatever, you know, because middle class, whatever. But, uh, you know, it was like his mom wasn't around much. You know, he had his porno pictures and he had like, you know, all the beer he wanted and stuff, but, you know, like a pallet on the floor and that was really it, you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing is, you know, that's one of the things I was talking, you know, I mean, I'm getting at is the fact that, like, you have these people who you think they've got it because you can go to their house and do whatever, but their yeah. parents really aren't being parents. Yeah. They don't have structure. They don't have any kind of, you know, I mean, and I hate saying this way, but there's like, you know, you're supposed to have a little bit of fear of your parents, you know? Yeah. You're, you're not just supposed to be like, oh, fuck that dude, you know? Yeah. I mean, like, this Pazuzu, they talk about how that he ran the house. Mm hmm he literally told his mom, divorce that guy. Yeah. You know, I mean, you don't, you can't give your kids all this power and teach them nothing about the outside world. Yeah, and this kid, I was talking about, you know, he had that bully mentality thing, you know? Yeah. Everybody be sitting there, like, you know, drinking their beer or whatever, and he'd come up and, like, pop the bottom, you know? <laughs> But no, and do shit like that, just like punch you in the solar plex, but nobody said shit to him because they wanted to be over there and go drink beer. See, what's so funny is the guy, like, the guy that we hung out with, all of my friends that we had, that's the one thing I can say about all of them is the fact that even though they were doing shit that they shouldn't have been mm -hmm. doing, because, I mean, I'm not going to lie, the kids I hung out with are bad kids, you mm -hmm. know? Um... They really weren't bad. They were just, like, really misunderstood. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I had one friend of mine, like, after Columbine. This dude wore a, tr a black trench coat every day of the year for, like, two years. And then Columbine happens, and then they call the police the next day when he comes to school in his trench coat. I mean, everybody called him Stanky Poo because he smelled bad, you know. I mean, <laughs> you know, but he was but he was, he was, was our dude. You know, he was cool. Yeah, then I said, you know, then I had my other friend that now he's a vegetable, but, you know, like, he was cool. But not all of them, we, they were all, pretty much the poor kids. Mm -hmm. Except for the one we call Stanky Poo. His family, if you look at his mom and dad, they were like Barbie and Ken. Like, nobody could understand, like, how he came from them. Mm -hmm. But he just was like, he, he was just, he was a fringe kid. He didn't want to be a part of that. He always said they were fake. Mm -hmm. But... You know, they either had, like, single-parent homes, they came from divorce, they didn't really have a lot of money, and, you know, even though I had my mom and my dad, I had issues, you know, so we all kind of, like, it, we, a lot of the friends I had, like, from the outside looking in, you thought they had pretty good life, mm -hmm. but... We all knew that we had, like, fucked up shit going on. Mm -hmm. And we were all, like, there for each other. And so it was... When they started doing drugs and shit, as we got older and drugs got involved and everything, like, everybody just kind of started doing it together because it was like we had always all been together. Mm -hmm. And I mean, we are talking about friends that I had since I was, you know... Yeah. 10 years old. So we're, by the time we're in our 20s, I mean, we're all pretty deep with each other. And... Mm -hmm. 
I had to remove myself because I was afraid of what would happen to me in that situation. But, like, the guys would fight and shit. But, no, I don't really think any of them... They had a bully mentality to people outside of our group. Yeah. Outsiders weren't welcome. Yeah. But, if, you know... Like the girls always hated the boys' girlfriends. Mm-hmm. Not because of jealousy or anything, just because of the fact that they were like... They would always try and come in and like... Tell us, you know, like try and like dictate what we were doing. Yeah. Like we looked at all of them like they were our brothers. None of us like wanted to get with any of them. Yeah. It was just like... You had these chicks though that would like come in and like kind of trying to dictate like what we were doing and like telling them oh well you can't hang around those girls and we were like fuck you these are our brothers you know yeah but and a lot of the kids that we hung out with we kind of like raised ourselves Mm -hmm. i mean like my mom and my dad were very much in my life you know i mean it wasn't like i didn't have absentee parents or they were just super fucking strict Mm -hmm. i mean once I got, like, kind of too old for my mom to beat my ass, which that was probably... I was, the last time she... last time and her got into it, like, she actually, like, put hands on me. I was probably... <coughs> I think, like, 10th grade, maybe? Because mm-hmm. that was when, like, she was, you know... But, um... Yeah, because I think, like, when I was a senior and she kicked me out, I don't think I was... I don't think she hit me that time. But, um, yeah, so it was like 10th grade. But I stayed grounded constantly. They, I mean, like, I didn't have, you know, I had, like, hidden phones and shit so I could call people. And like, everything I did was, like, super, you know, like, yeah. on the low. <laughs> I remember, like, after my dad died, I came home high one time. And <laughs> I left my key. And I di- couldn't get in. And I was like, fuck. And I was like, super fucking stoned. And I, I went up and I knocked on the door. And my mama opened the door and I just busted out laughing in her face and took off running. And she was like, why was she out with you? And I was like, I said, it's your hair. <laughs> That's all I can think to say. Because you know, she, when she wakes up, she's got like rooster mm-hmm. hair. And I was like, get your hair. <laughs> she was like, get your ass in the house and go to bed. Because it was like 4 o'clock in the morning. And um, I was like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> and like me and my friend went in and she spent the night with me. And we went to my room. And I mean, we laughed for a good hour over that shit. Just because as soon as she opened the door, I just started laughing in her face. <laughs> but that was like the only time that like I really ever like came home high. Like if I was high, or, and I never drank. Yeah. Like I, I got drunk. Probably about four times when I was, and what happened was I used to drink vodka like it was water, and I never really got drunk. But if I drank beer, I'd drink two or three beers, and I'd be shit-faced, and I never could understand it. And um, there was this one New Year's Eve where me and a friend of mine, actually it was a bunch of us, went over to her cousin's house, and uh, we were getting drunk. And they all left me for some reason. And I was, like, so drunk. I was trying to throw up in a McDonald's fry box. And 
ended up finding out that, that was my sister's apartment. I did not know that my sister lived there with her cousin. Because I walked in the house like, my sister's got a poster just like that. And then, like, I'm passed out on this dude's couch. Don't know how I'm going to get home. And my sister comes walking in because she's got to go to work. And she's like, what the fuck are you doing here? I was like, you live here? <laughs> but anyway, my whole point of this long fucking story is, like, I can see where these kids, like, where it went wrong with them. I can understand why they would want to hang out there. You know, I can honestly see, I feel like if you had not had your mom and your dad in your life Mm -hmm. to direct you and your dad, like, to keep you, like, when you were doing the, the Explorer thing and, you know, keeping you in church, like, all that kind of, I could honestly see you turn into somebody like him because you love shock value. Mm Mm-hmm. You still, you're 37 years old, and you still say and do shit for shock value. You know, you love everything creepy. Mm-hmm. You know, your <laughs> your religious views are questionable sometimes. You know, <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, I, I could see that happening to you. If you had had that kind of upbringing, mm-hmm. if you had just been left to your own devices and, you know, just, I could see that. I mean, I could, I really can. I mean, you know, and that's why, like, I don't want to feel sorry for this dude. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I don't want to feel sorry for any of them. But at the end of the day, you know, all they were trying to do was do what they knew how to do they Mm -hmm. there was no there was no direction you know there was and the thing is there's some people out there who don't need direction there's some people out there who you know their parents weren't in their lives they were shitty and they chose (coughs) to do the right thing yeah you know and they didn't need the i think it's really just what's inside of you and i feel like you know, you can go one of two ways, and I like I think because you had you know good direction, mm-hmm. you had people who had a good sense of morality. You know, I think that that's the reason why you turned out the way you did. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think like because um, you have an unhealthy obsession with like death and horror and. And I don't think people really understand just how obsessed you are with it. <laughs> it rivals my own. So it's kind of scary. <laughs> and I, th- I mean, the thing is, I can't remember if it was when, when they had arrested Pazuzu, if it was with the Chandler thing, or when he assaulted his mom, or with the two murders. Do you remember the cops were talking about? He was telling them, "Look, I have to go outside and kill a kill an animal. I have to go outside and kill an animal. I have to drink its blood." It was when he got arrested the uh, for the murders. Okay, and I mean they and- were. He was in county jail, and he was like losing his shit because they wouldn't let him. Um, it was the full moon. Mm-hmm. That was the first time that he tried to gnaw his arm off. Was because he had already told Matt that if he ever got put in prison, that he would kill himself on the full moon. 
and he told him how he would do it. He even told him, that's, you know, my, I've, I've, I can, you know, I can gnaw through my arm. I mean, that's like, that's the whole thing is like, you know, Matt was talking about that even before he found out that Pazuzu was dead. When they first started doing the interview, because yeah. that, that thing starts from the time that he was arrested, really. Like, yeah. right after he was arrested until 2018. Yeah. You know? And, you know, that was one of the things was, you know, he, he said, you know, that he would do that. He told them how he would do it. Yeah. And it's... Um, It's so fucked up. You know, he went from being a Satanist, because that's what he called himself, mm-hmm. to when he found out what it really meant to be a Satanist, he started calling himself something else. Um, he said he was practicing some kind of ancient Sumerian religion, but only him and Amber practiced it. It was, uh, hold on. Let's see. See, yeah, he tried to market himself as an Iraqi Muslim, especially on Facebook, but was not a practitioner of Iraqi culture or the Islamic faith. Um, he described himself to be a self-styled combination of Charles Manson, Anton Levant, and Aleister Crowley. But, let's see. Um, let's see. Let's see. His former schoolmates say his interest in Satanism began when he started using drugs. His eccentricities? I can't even pronounce that. Eccentricities? Yeah, only magnified by his claims that he could control the weather, like the demon Pazuzu of legend, as well as his attempts at black magic. Um, This is when the Church of Satan philosophy became too tame for his taste. He began indulging in more hardcore and violent Satanism rituals. Um... He, uh, let's see, in 2011, that's, okay, his mother told him about the murder in 2011, because he was convicted of misdemeanor assault for putting his mother in a choke called his girlfriend, Amber Burge, was also accused of a separate assault. Um, let's see, he was arrested for connection to the death of Joseph Emmerich Chandler, uh, Let's see. Let's see. Um. Hold on. I know I hate doing this, but I'm trying to, uh, Yeah, they, that's another thing, too, that, like, got people, like, really, like, wondering was because of the fact, like, right after they, uh, they found the bodies and stuff. Yeah. Within, like, a matter of months, they demolished the house. Yeah. Because they gave her, what was it, it was, like, six months to either clean the house up mm-hmm. or, you know, yeah. set or get rid of it. And she just gave it to the city, and they demolished it. Um, I wonder what's in that lot now if there's anything there well what happened was the the city sold it to um 
one of the neighbors. Yeah, it was neighbor Stephen and Vicki Brewer. And then they turned around and they had it bulldozed. Um, and the neighborhood had a party. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, he was, um, they checked him out, like, in 2010 when he, like, had the run-in with the police. They yeah. had him evaluated, mentally you know, evaluated and whatever. And uh, he told me he didn't bathe more than once a year. He hadn't brushed his teeth in years. He also said the reason why he didn't bathe was because he had powers from the dirt. He said that's why he didn't clean his house. He said that the filth gave him his powers. So he wanted to be as nasty as possible. Uh, he was, see, he was, he said that he was, he, has, he was, uh, suffered from schizophrenia, agoraphobia, and alcoholism. Now, here's the thing, agoraphobia, that means he doesn't want to go outside. Right. Okay? But, I, I mean, at one point, yeah, they said that he didn't really leave the house that much, but he did. Yeah. So, I mean, like, people who are agoraphobic literally cannot leave the house. Mm -hmm. Like, they're terrified to leave the house. Um, it said agoraphobia added to his depression and caused him to turn to alcohol to cope which I mean this is all to me is bullshit uh, but yeah he was on a safekeeping order order, and uh, October 28, 2015 around 3am he was found unresponsive in a cell with a wound to his arm uh, he was pronounced dead at 4.20 a.m. Officials say he died of severe blood loss caused by a deep wound to a major blood vessel in his left arm ruled his death as apparent suicide. I didn't, oh, he had a son. They didn't cover that. Uh-uh. says he is survived by an alleged son with his ex. Uh, Algra was bri briefly engaged to a woman but wasn't part of hers or her son's life. Last known whereabouts of his mother were unclear at the time of his arrest. She was, uh, she was in the house. Um, Wait, I thought Cynthia might have been the ex. Was his mom Cynthia? Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, his mom was Cynthia. Um, let's see. Yeah, they never found out why why he was killed. People that um people that knew him and that you know talked like were just like he just he just killed him you know like there there wasn't a fight there wasn't any kind of big deal or anything he just killed him yeah and uh I really feel like that. You know, he was so indulged by his mother. And, I mean, like, she would go, she worked two jobs. He didn't work. I think he received, like, Social Security or something. Yeah, he was. <coughs> he, um, you know, he, uh, there was a lot of she she worked two jobs she made sure that he had you know at least a 12 pack of beer every day uh she paid for all his drugs i mean everything yeah and she stayed out of his way and there was people who said that she partied 
at the house with them. There was times she'd come out and she'd party too. Oh, wow. So, that's what I'm saying. Like, the party parent lifestyle, I mean, I look at, like, how the parents were when I was growing up to the parents that now are our age and the shit they're doing. And I just feel like this whole, like, oh, you know, I want to be my, I want to be friends with my kid. I want my friend, I want my kids to think that I'm cool and, you know, uh, they're little people and they need to have their feelings and we need you know no i mean yeah to a certain extent yes you know i mean kids are allowed to have valid feelings and you know but where do you draw the line you gotta draw it somewhere that's what i'm saying like you know these people they're not like if you want your kids to turn out to be good people there has to be consequences there has to be something yeah. And with him, there was nothing. Nothing. So, you know. I mean. What do you think? I mean, his door, you know, the door to the house had evil triumph written on it. There was Arabic writing on it that said, uh, House of the Devils. Literally, that's what the Arabic writing translated okay. to. There was an upside down cross. I'm just looking at it. Uh, I know there was a thing that was talking about like laws in that house, and yeah, I can read it. What does it say? No gang members allowed. Anyone that dresses the same was the same ba- was the same badge and called themselves the authority of a land they did not create. The only cease through terrorism has no permission to enter this land unless you are a native, since this is their land. Since this is the First Amendment of your fake laws, for we see you are guilty until proven innocent. If you can make laws, so can we, so be it. Then it's Pazuzu Algorad and some other writing. It looks like Baby or Brandy Algorad and Minion something. And there's also a community watch area, and it says police not welcome. There's an upside-down cross. Uh, there's a skull head. Um, I thought it was like animal heads and or, stuff. Well, it's like a skeleton head Halloween decoration. There's a skull and crossbones flag. Beware of, think, maybe the dog. You know, I mean, this was on his door. I know they had animal skulls. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. But, you want to talk about the police investigation and how fucked up that was? Yeah, I mean, the fact that the police came, the police came to his house at one point in full SWAT gear. And they went through it, and they never found the bodies. Like, Matt talked about that, you know? Yeah, that's what they were talking about. When they didn't, they brought the dogs, and yeah. the cadaver dogs couldn't find the bodies because of the way... I mean, I forget why, what... How, I don't know if they actually said why the professor told them it wouldn't work. But the professor that was at the university that had the ground penetrating radar, mm-hmm. he told them that it wouldn't work for some particular reason. And I can't remember what it was that he said. Or maybe they didn't say exactly why, but they just told them that the, the dogs probably would not pick up on anything. I think I think it has to do with like the smell. 
like mm-hmm. how bad the house was and everything. Mm-hmm. But uh, the police wouldn't wait. And yeah. it's like when she was reading the autopsy of uh, Josh and like everything that she found and everything that she knew had to come from like the media. Yeah. You know, like the guy who worked for the newspaper who got her the warrants and yeah. stuff and who... Um, you know, got her the autopsy report because the police never told her anything. No, and I mean, I almost wonder if, like, one of the reasons it was so covered up, okay, you got the small town, very religious, all this stuff. They didn't want people to know how badly they bungled it. They didn't want people to know that they let this happen in their own town. Oh, no. You know, that... The thing is, I mean, they interview, like, the lead investigator. He's not a police officer anymore. Yeah. And you watch that interview, I mean, you could tell that dude was shook, you know? You thought the old guy that was talking to him about, like, what, uh, you know, when he brought the search warrants and the guy was, like, telling him where he thought everything went wrong? Or are you talking about the guy that was in the police uniform that was talking to him? The older guy, the guy that was kind of fat. And he talked about picking up the skull and putting it in a bucket. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The guy who actually, like, did the video yeah. and shit. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, you can just tell, like... I mean, I think this case was the one that broke him, honestly. Yeah, I do, too. And, I mean, and, and cops see some shit. I know, just talking to my dad, he watched a, uh... Somebody had killed themselves in a bathtub or gotten shot in the bathtub. And he sat there and watched the blood separate you know the fat and the stuff in the blood will like you ever seen blood spin in a centrifuge yeah it'll do that it'll do that on its own and he sat and watched it um my dad's eating he was on call and it was a real bad wreck you know yeah and he's standing there like doing the thing and he tells one of the rookies to go to rallies and get him a hamburger because he's hungry yeah you know, and so he's like, how are you eating? He's like, I'm hungry, you know? Well, that's what I'm saying. is like, you know, cops, they see shit. But you, like, they were talking about how this, this place, I think they have like maybe six murders a year. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Yeah. If that. <coughs> you know, that was like the <coughs> worst. Mm-hmm. So... They didn't know how to handle this shit anyway. Yeah. Like, it wasn't like your dad working for Bessemer, which, I mean, a fucking cesspool. Mm-hmm. You know, this is like somebody who's working for Hueytown. Yeah. I mean, like, we've lived here for two years and nobody's gotten murdered. Yeah. Well, you remember uh, those murders that happened up the road from us several years ago? It was like four or five people all got yeah, stabbed. Yeah, the guy that walked in there and stabbed all. Yeah, Brandy yeah. knew one of the, knew the I chick. Knew, I knew the, one of them. Went to school with her. Um, Brady knew the the girl that lived there. Okay. I knew the Jerry. Who? Jerry, one of them. I went to school with her. Her name was Jerry. Maybe that's the same chick. I don't know. But uh, the Hueytown cop, I don't don't know who it was, but he's not with Hueytown anymore. The one that made the initial find. Yeah, I mean... Like, I love where we live, but Mm -hmm. we live in the middle of... You have Midfield, Bessemer, 
Fairfield. Birmingham. Birmingham. And then, like, Pleasant Grove. And Pleasant Grove really was, like, a really nice place. But it's kind of gone downhill since the tornadoes. But, um, you know, Midfield, Fairfield, and Bessemer are really bad. And I used to live in Birmingham, which is right there beside Midfield. And... So, where I came from was really, really bad. So, like, moving here is like living in fucking Mayberry to me. And, um, since we've been living here, I don't mm-hmm. think anybody's gotten murdered, have no. they? I mean, if a murder happens in Huey Hill, it's big news. Like, I will say, right, the, the last murders before those that happened. It was that dude who killed his mom. There was a dude that killed his mom. That was, like, a couple years before he moved in here. Yeah. That was, before, that was after those, yeah. the murders. But I want to say before that, and I knew the guy, I knew the people involved in this. It was up on Sharon Lane. A guy killed his uh, drug dealers, and he ended up getting off on self-defense. Well, you know, you remember the murders, the guy that killed his girlfriend and her son in the um, bingo hall? Down by Skateland? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I knew her and her son, and that broke my fucking heart I mean like he tied her up killed her son and then killed her like made her watch while he slit her son's throat something ended up happening with him like in Bessemer because I remember he jumped out in front of an 18 wheeler and tried to kill himself and he didn't die because I remember my dad going what a fucking waste about him not dying you know Mm -hmm. he was talking about he said he was like what a fucking waste taxpayers got to pay for him now you know and um he uh but, yeah, they knew that it had to be somebody that knew them that mm-hmm. did it because they had this big-ass dog mm-hmm. that would have attacked anybody who came and tried to, especially hurt, to hurt Nate. Yeah. And um, when they found Rebecca and Nate dead, they knew that it had to be somebody because the dog was, like, the dog was, I think the dog was, like, put up. Like, they had put the, he had put the dog up. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I'm... Uh, I'd met met her a couple, but, like, she was best friends with, um, a friend of mine, another friend of mine, Mm -hmm. and that's how I knew her, and when my friend had her first son, she named him Nate, and, um, after him, but, yeah, like, when that happened, that fucking shocked everybody, because Hugh hadn't had a murder. yeah. And forever before that, and then like it was like a couple years after that was when they had the um, the dude killed the drug dealers, and then mm-hmm. well after that was when that the fucking massacre in that yeah. house. Do people still live there? Yeah, I know two of the people that live there. Really? Yeah, I've been friends with them for a long time, and they just they live. Uh, it's a uh, monkey and Jonathan. I've known them forever. They used to live with my friend Miranda. What do they? I mean, is it like weird? I mean, I've asked them. They said, you know, they said not really. Yes, is it haunted? They said they hear stuff, you know, but they said it's just. That's so fucked that mm-hmm. one dude just walked in there and murdered all those people. Yeah, but uh. Were they all asleep? Yeah. Well, they woke up. The dudes tried to fight him. Okay. But uh, yeah, monkey said that they'll hear like. Because I want to say they live down in the basement and some other people live in the upper part, you mm-hmm. know? 
the monkey said like everybody will be asleep or him and Jonathan will be the only ones home. Mm-hmm. And they'll hear like footsteps and stuff. I just couldn't live somewhere around there so my dad. Monkey's real name is Daniel, but everybody has... Yeah. I had to sit there and think about what his real name is. <laughs> yeah, I, um... I just, I don't know. But, uh... You know, I just think... <clears throat> like I said, it's... You know, we've gone all over the place... With this, but, you know... I do wonder... You know, talking about, like, the botched police investigation and stuff. If these people that had gotten killed had been more affluent, if, you know, I feel like the cops had to know, like, every, I feel like everybody in town knew who Pazuzu was. Oh, they did. Everybody was terrified. I mean, like, he was, like, a local legend. Yeah. Like, that was, he was, I mean, he literally was, like, an urban legend. Like, yeah. people, like... The kids would talk about, you know, you stay away from Pazuzu. He's, you know, mm-hmm. he'll kill you. And that, and that was like, that's one of the things they were talking about. It was like everybody knew who yeah. he was. People were terrified of him. I mean, he looked like a fucking, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was like you would yeah. walk to the other side of the street to be yeah. away from him. I mean, you know. And, you know, the thing is, like, people weren't afraid of Matt. Matt was covered yeah. in tattoos and yeah. shit, but, like, he didn't carry himself like Pazuzu yeah. did. And, like, he didn't talk about murdering people. And 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 sometimes I wonder, okay, you know, these guys supposedly, you know, you know, that he he killed the cops if to an extent. Because my dad, my dad has talked about this. Sometimes the trash takes the trash out, you know. And you don't look into it too much. If they assumed that these guys, you know, there's, there's like the cops killing. Like, eh, they're they're so a drug stupid. dealer. Yeah, you know? I mean that's what they. they I mean, especially yeah. with Josh. I mean, he like was considered a felony drug dealer. Yeah. But the thing was, is I mean, like he literally didn't do anything. Yeah, because I mean, I know there was there was a case. Uh, my dad told me about. There was this family, and the whole family was bad. You know, robbery, extortion, all this. They were kind of like their own little crime family. Yeah. And one of the guys threatened this other guy's mom, and he hit him with a baseball bat. Didn't kill him, but turned him into a vegetable. Mm-hmm. And the cops are telling the guy that hit him, because they're happy this guy's a vegetable, you know? Yeah. The cops are going, now he made a threatening motion at you, and you did not realize how hard you swung. He came at you, and you were trying to get him off of you, right? And the guy goes, no, nah, man, I swung like Willie Mays. And the cops, <laughs> oh, shit. Really? You know? <laughs> I mean, it was like, no, listen to us, you know? <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, the guy that hit the dude with a bat wasn't a bad guy, you know? Well, it was like, um, my, uh, I had, my cousin, he's like way older. He knew a, a guy who, um, he was the, the, either the sheriff or the chief of police somewhere down in like South Alabama 
and um, this guy broke in to his house and he shot the guy twice. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem was the first time he shot the guy, he shot him in the back because the guy was running and it spun him around and he shot him in the front. So when he told the police what happened, the, they, the, apparently this guy was like, you know, he was an issue. He'd been robbing a bunch of houses and whatever. And this was an older dude. And they were like, you shot him in the front and it spun him around and then you shot him in the back. Yeah. And um, then there was another time that somebody broke into a house. They got shot and he was unarmed. Mm-hmm. And the cop, they had like a gun that was from somewhere else and the cop just kind of dropped it. Yeah. Because the guy had on gloves, so he just dropped it. And, and like, that kind of shit happened all the time back in the day. But, especially in down South mm-hmm. Alabama. But, anyway. The moral of the story is, this guy was a piece of shit. He had no direction. He had nobody in his life to really, you know... I mean, he was he was gonna be a fuck up regardless of whether he killed somebody or just whatever. And his, yeah. I mean, it, the writing was on the wall. Yeah. And the police could have saved lives had mm-hmm. they done their fucking job. Yeah. But I thought this story was so interesting just because of the fact of like this person, like even before he killed anybody. Like, even before, you know, if you were, because, like, Josh and his, and, and Stacy weren't from that area. Like, right. somehow, no, that's how, she, that's how she understood how Josh even got there, mm-hmm. was because they lived, like, was, like, an hour or two away from there. Yeah. Like, and they didn't live in that area, so she didn't even know who he was, but where, in Clemens, where they were at, like, he was this, like, local legend, and... This is before he ever killed anybody. You know, like, he would lie and say he did and shit, but, you know, Josh was really, like, his first kill. Yeah. And, but just how, and it was almost like the police was scared of him. Yeah, you know, it was like, and, like, and he was so emboldened because nothing happened to him. Mm-hmm. He knew people were turning him in, and he still kept talking shit. He, yeah. he still bragged about what he did because... In his head, he was untouchable. Yeah. He had never had any consequences for any of his fucking actions. Well, okay, let's... You know, we've talked about demons and Satan and stuff on here. And, you know, he told Matt that Satan protected him. What? Do I think that that's possible? Yeah. And then, okay, so you don't think, and then Satan could lose interest in him or something? I mean, do you get what I'm trying to say? I, okay. Because you know there's the, some of the cartels in Mexico and stuff are real into Satan. Yeah, they do the whole brouhaha and all that. Yeah. Um, here's how I feel about it. If somebody who has a face like mine, I have to believe. Mm Mm-hmm. That if I believe in my God and the powers of my God and the fact that my God protects me, then I have to I have to believe in the fact that 
there are those who do worship Satan, mm-hmm. and they gain something by that. Right. The thing is, is he's the great deceiver. Right. So, I don't, but the thing is, is I think a lot of the times the stuff that, that happens with you, like you can have fake Christians, like Joe Olstein mm-hmm. and people like that. You can have fake Christians who will call out the Lord's name, they'll pray, but they're not really saved. They don't really believe. You know, they're not, mm-hmm. they're not, um, like BTK. Mm-hmm. Okay. He was a fucking deacon at his church. You know, I mean, you can't be, I mean, like, you can't really believe in God and do the, and do that shit. You yeah. just can't. Like, that's, yeah. if you truly believe in God and you truly have faith, then you're not, you don't want to hurt anything, right. you know? So, but you, but, but I feel like without faith, you don't reap the rewards. Mm -hmm. So, to me, I feel like, and this, when I say this, this is going to make me sound like a hypocrite, okay? But... At the end of the day, did he really have faith? And were those rewards and was that protection really coming from Satan? Mm-hmm. Or was he putting the what was happening to him and if it's a coincidence and saying it came from Satan? Because, you know, I mean, he said like, you know, they talked about like when the Church of Satan wasn't extreme enough because you know we said the Church of Satan does not actually believe in Satan. No, they're they're mostly atheists. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like Pazuzu really and truly believed in Satan. Satan, you know. And that's what I'm saying. It's like you know, like to me, like I have faith, mm-hmm. and I feel like that God watches over us and protects us and that because i there's i've seen too much and i've had too much happen to me for me not to have faith Mm -hmm. but i also know that there's also the bad you can't have good and not have bad you just you just can't so i mean to say that you know I feel like those who do evil works mm-hmm. it will all come crumbling down right eventually because in because there's not salvation in Satan mm-hmm. you know what I mean yeah and I get so uncomfortable talking about this. I didn't mean to make you uncomfortable. No, it's not that. It's just the fact, like, I don't... I know my... I know how... I know I don't want to believe in that part of it. So, I don't really know how to talk about okay. it. Because of the fact that it's like... It's my... Pers- personally, I... Mm-hmm. I... I'm so... Against it. Mm-hmm. That... I don't even, like... I, I don't even think about it. You know what I'm saying? Almost the way I could see it is like, you know, Satan 
is entertained by what Pazuzu was doing. And it's he gets bored. He doesn't care. It ceases to be entertaining. It's like a kid with a toy. To me, I almost kind of feel like Satan is like, we'll let it go on for as long you know, he'll let it run its course mm-hmm. until, you know, it's, like you said, like, it's almost like, it, like it's mm-hmm. hit its peak, you know, like, yeah. you know, I want you to feel as powerful as you possibly can feel, mm-hmm. and then I'm going to strip it all away from you, and I'm going to watch you fall, because that's my real yeah. entertainment. Yeah. You know? Because, I mean... Satan can fuck with you. That's in the Bible. I mean, like, the the story of Job, you know, I mean, it comes down to God said, look, okay, fine, I'll let you mess with this guy to show his face unshakable. You know? Yeah. I mean, I I read a book, and I, I've got to find, I don't know what it is. I, I, don't remember, I don't remember the name of it, but I loved it. And basically, it was like Satan and God decide they're going to have a competition. Mm-hmm. And God's going to step away, and Satan's going to step away. Because Satan tells God that he believes that if man has the opportunity, that that will be bad. Right. Okay? And, but the deal is that everybody has to turn bad. There cannot be one person left with unshakable faith, right? Right. So, in this book, pretty much like 99% of the world has gone to shit, right? Mm-hmm. There's like concentration camps. There's been like this massive war. All this shit's been going on. Well, this girl and her family, like, they banded together with a bunch of other families when they kind of saw like what was fixing to happen. And they built this, like, underground, like, city. And, um, so, like, all these families live there. And they're all living in peace and stuff. There's, like, this one girl that's, like, a fucking bitch. And she's bad. But Satan can't get to them because they're hiding out. And, um, he knows where they're at. But, like, he can't, he can't go down and do anything, right? Right. You're not he like you know you're not supposed to be able to send your angels or anything down there to to to, to do anything. Like man is left on its own mm-hmm. to devour itself or to save itself, mm-hmm. right? Right. Well, these people are growing in numbers. Like these, like good, the good people. Yeah. They're they're like their numbers are growing because they're all like the good ones are all starting to congregate together to and they're and they're fighting. And they're, they're slowly taking back this land and they're like fighting the bad people and they're trying to break into these concentration camps. And, you know, well, God, there's these two angels. One is Satan and one is God. God's, God's angel is a girl. Satan's angel is a guy. Satan sends his angel in to these good people to try and corrupt them. God has had his angel there just kind of to keep eye on things and she's in this concentration camp. Well, she manages to break out mm-hmm. and get to the good people where she sees that, comes to find out that's her brother. The bad angel's her brother. And 
the bad angel from being down there with these people. He like finds love again. He he starts to have he stops being so bad, you know, and like things start changing for him and you know, but in the but but the whole thing of it is it's almost like there's a you know, like there's the, the thing that I thought was it's not such about like their story, the mm-hmm. angels and all that. It's about like God and Satan watching this like war. Mm-hmm. You know, and how Satan's just highly entertained, and he really thinks that God's gonna lose, and you know, I kind of feel like that that's what's going on. Okay. You know, that those that are keeping the faith, and those that are you know who still believe because there's less and less and less that you know God is still, you know working and, and trying to, to do and to be there but you know it's this battle mm-hmm. and so I mean I guess to answer your question about him maybe I mean mm-hmm. the, he, they, he said he was a theistic Satan yeah. so <clears throat> I mean like he didn't just believe in like the satanic yeah like, you know, the LeVay yeah. Satanism. Like, yeah. he was theastic. Like, he mm-hmm. was, like, on Crowley level. Like, a, there was a whole other being. and Yeah. You know, so... Maybe. Yeah. I mean, the, but the thing of it is, the fact that, like, he, he lived this shit lifestyle. Mm-hmm. That's the thing that kills me. I, you see all these people who are, like, theastic and whatever... And they live in filth, and they talk about the filth, and they talk about the nasty, and they talk about how, like, you know, the gaining of power. So many of them. I mean, there's some that, you know, that, that you find out who are, like, rich, have money, and they do all this shit. You know, they have mm-hmm. nice lives and houses and all that kind of stuff. But there's so many of them who... Well, look at Richard Ramirez, and I think he was theastic, and he was nasty. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, there's so many of them that are, like, nasty... And they, they, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, I don't understand that. Why would you want to take and, and, and have faith in something that's just gross? I mean, that's got like appeal to, I don't know. I don't understand that. I mean, like, I get the, like, I get the, 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 the church of Satan and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. like, you know, do what thou will and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And, you know, like, just believing in yourself and not believing in any kind of, like, higher power. I can understand, like, people who want to believe in that. And the whole atheist thing. Like, I, can, I can understand that because it's so hard to have faith. Mm-hmm. It's so hard to believe in something that you can't see or touch or, you know. So, I mean, like, I understand that. I can get that. I just can't understand why people would want to literally, like, be evil. Like, why do you... I mean, like... And this is so crazy. Like, when you, they've interviewed, like, so many serial killers and shit, the vast majority of them can't help it. It's yeah. an impulse. It's it's a mental... It's It's something that's fucked up. They're not really, like... They're not really bad people. I mean, yeah, they kill people and shit, but... Well, it's like... 
I mean, go back to BTK. Yeah, yeah like he buying torture, but it was like, it was an impulse. It was like it was something. I mean, when you look at like Edmund Kemper, you know he's he was fucked up. He's in uh, he's life, and he's in prison. And one of the things he does. Um, he reads audio books. He started out doing it for blind people. There's a lot of audio books that are read by him. He did uh, Flowers in the Attic and stuff. And he said he started a whole thing in the prison, like reading books on for the blind on audio books. And he said one of the reasons he started it is to make up for what he did. Yeah, I mean, you know that's. And that's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, you have these people. Uh, the son of Sam, you know, he's a minister in the prisons and stuff now. Well, I mean, like, look at Jeffrey Dahmer. Mm-hmm. Okay. When they talked to him, he wanted somebody who wouldn't leave him. I mean, yeah, he ate him and shit, but that's because he wanted him inside of him. Like, he, there was, it was, it was mental shit. It wasn't, like, he, I don't think he really wanted anybody to die. Mm -hmm. He wanted to be able to control him. He didn't want him to leave him. You know, his dad left his mom. His mom was fucking crazy. You know, I mean, he lived, like, this really fucked up life. You know, I mean, he was... I mean, he was always a weird kid and whatever, but I mean, it was like, and of course he has mentally, of course he's mentally fucked up and shit, but like there was, there was a reason, you know, there was, it was, I just don't understand the people who just want to do it to do be evil. I just want you to die. I mean, like. Richard Ramirez, he was evil. Yeah. He wanted people to die. That was his thing. Like, he he was just straight up evil. And yeah. I'm not saying that half of I'm not saying that, like, like, they're not evil. I'm just saying that, like, there is a lot of them who aren't. They are people who are fucked up, who have, like, who have... They literally start losing their shit unless they, like... It's almost like an OCD ritual. Yeah. You know, like, they has... I mean, it's crazy. Like, the shit... I was reading, like, this thing about, you know, this these profiles and stuff. And the stuff they talk about, like, when they interview these killers and shit. And they go in... Like, this one guy, he was just started out being a profiler. And he went in and started interviewing. I forget who it was he interviewed. But he was like... This is a normal person he was talking to. Mm-hmm. And they were explaining about how that, like, if they didn't commit these crimes, if they didn't, like, you know, kill or rape or whatever in the shit they were doing, they literally would, it was like, they would start having withdrawals. Like, it yeah. was like, you know, they would do it, and then they could go, but, like, but the problem was is, it would get to where it was more frequent. It, like, it was having to do... And then it would turn into almost like a spree kind of thing. And that's when they would get caught. But that's how not, that's how so many of them get caught. is because of the fact that, like... They they can spread it out over a certain time. Then like, all of a sudden, there's like... Boom, 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 you know? Yeah. And sometimes the shit doesn't even hit them until, like, our age. 
You know? Yeah. Like something just clicks in their brain and they just start like fucking shit up. You know? I mean, yeah. look at the fucking Golden State Killer. Mm-hmm. He was a cop. Yeah. He killed all these people and then just stopped. Just over with. Mm-hmm. I mean, like... That shit's crazy. That's why I'm like... That's why I get obsessed with, like, serial killers and shit. And this is, like... This is another one. It was just... I think that's why I was so fascinated by this... This... This story. Is because, I mean... And especially the way they presented it in yeah. the show. It was like... You know, like I told you. He started out doing it as, like, a humanist... Like, you know, kind of thing. A yeah. humanitarian to where... He really was, like, looking at it from, like... Not only where did the police fuck up and where did Pazuzu fuck up, but how did, like, as society... Yeah. Did it get fucked up? Like, where did they drop the ball? Did you have these kids who literally have no direction and everybody's, like, either afraid of them or not paying them any attention, so they, they're basically getting away with murder. Yeah, and the thing is, you see, like, in the documentary, you're talking about the kids with no direction, you see, okay... Nate and Jenna were fucked up and on heroin and stuff, but they've gotten straight. And they seem like they've stayed straight. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt, you know, he went off, joined the army. He's got his shit together, you know. Yeah, I mean, like even after he got back, yeah. he went through a phase where he was like robot alcoholic and shit yeah. because of he was dealing with Pazuzu mm-hmm. dying, him feeling like that it was his fault that his friend was dead. You know, had to deal with the fact that, yeah. you know, this person was his friend that he loved, but they had, like, gone off the rails, and he turned him in. He even had dreams of killing him himself. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, this is a lot of shit you got to deal with, you know? But then there was that one guy, and he wasn't in it much, but he was, like, he was crazy somebody. That's what they were. Was it, like, crazy Ken or? Something. Yeah. The and guy he, in the first that yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. And you see him, he's drinking beer and lives in a... I mean, his house looked like a fucking hoarder house, you know? Yeah, he looked like he was going to be the next Pazuzu. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about, hey, yeah, he was a good guy. It was fun hanging out over there. We hung out there all the time. Like, yeah. he literally, he was the one that was talking about watching people shit in a corner. Yeah. I mean, like, I can understand why Nate and Jenna were there because they were there to get drugs and shit, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. But this dude was just talking about hanging out. Yeah. Like, the fuck? Mm-hmm. You wanted to hang... There's no way in hell, no way that I would ever hang out somewhere where people were shitting in the fucking corner and other people were watching the dogs go over there and eat it. You know how bad that turns my stomach every time I say that? Yeah. Oh, my God. That is the most... I mean, just... It's fucking ridiculous, man. Yeah. Fucking ridiculous. I mean, and, and the thing is, is, like, I wonder sometimes, you know, okay, you know, yeah, Pazuzu, he stank, he lived in literal human shit, and he was pulling bitches. You know? <laughs> because they... <sighs> well, I mean, and same thing kind of with Charles Manson, you know? I mean, he... You know, they, they talk about the Manson girls and stuff. There's all, we haven't, Charles Manson wasn't even as nasty as this Oh, dude. I know. I think about it like this, because I've known some guys who were nasty who kept getting girls and stuff. You... There's got to be something that you're attracted to. 
Mm-hmm. And when you're when you're fucked up, when you're on drugs, when especially like if you're some chick who like has daddy issues or has home issues, something. Mm-hmm. The idea of stability, mm-hmm. the idea of somebody loving you, somebody who is just who you feel is just as fucked up as you and is gonna exceed. don't break that. That's Rhiannon's. Um, you know you're that you're gonna latch onto that. I mean, look, me and you. You're not. You're not. You know. You're not anything like him. But I'm just saying, like, never in my life had I ever dated anybody like you, mm-hmm. ever. When we first met, <laughs> you freaked me the fuck out. <laughs> you remember that? Mm-hmm. I remember one of the first conversations we had. You started telling me about these chat rooms that you had been in that were like BDSM and shit, and I was like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> I mean, like. You would just say, like, the craziest fucking shit around me. And yeah. I was just like, oh, my God. But, like, we became friends, mm-hmm. right? And then it went from there. Now I'm married to you. Yeah. Fucking crazy shit. But that's the whole thing. It's like, you know, physically, you know, I had never dated anybody who, you know, I mean, like, it was, you were completely different than anything. I mean, I used to date, like, fucking douchebags who were, you know, I mean, just tall little gangster wannabes at one point, then I dated, like, you know, a little redneck. I mean, like, it's just, mm-hmm. I, I never was with anybody who was like you. <laughs> and it's hey, like... literally, you could be, what are you doing? I'm going to send a black metal lighting stuff on fire. <laughs> what are you lighting on fire? Boxes, you know, or something. <laughs> just... I mean, but you became my best friend, and that's, you know, but that's what I'm saying is, like, there's no telling how he met these chicks, like, what he was to them. You know, these could have been girls who had had, you know, issues that he was, like, almost like their protector. And Amber was young, a lot younger. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole, and that's the other thing, too, is he was, he was pulling bitches that were, like, almost 20 years younger than him. Yeah. I mean, like, if he was alive today, he would be, like, 41 years old. Yeah, and Amber's, like, 30, I think. Yeah. I I think she's either in late 20s or early 30s. I mean, so, I mean, even the guy that was his best friend was 10 years younger than him. Yeah. I mean, look, he's like you and Travis. Mm Mm-hmm. You were like the big brother that would watch out for him that he yeah. didn't have. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, those relationships, like, you and him didn't like any of the same shit, really. I mean, like, he liked, he didn't like, he liked metal, but not your kind of metal. Yeah. You know, I mean, he was a fucking redneck, and mm-hmm. you're this, you know, not redneck. <laughs> I mean, it's just crazy, you know, and opposites attract a lot of the times too yeah. but and chicks can be just as fucked up as guys I mean mm-hmm. you know especially when there's drugs involved I mean uh, you have you ever seen you've seen Spun I had you watch it yeah, with me yeah. yeah okay you saw like how John Leguizamo and Mm-hmm. what's her face in that movie and just like yeah. the people are hanging out over there I mean yeah. like that's 
The guy that directed Spun also directed Lords of Chaos. Really? Yeah. Jonas Ackerland. I can see that. <laughs> Looks like, think about all the chicks that were with them. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. I mean... Like, me and you are so totally opposite. You love shit. Like, you, you're you a hoarder. You're a pack rat. Mm-hmm. I cannot stand it. Yeah. Me and you constantly <laughs> fight about throwing stuff away. <laughs> I mean... <laughs> you know... It's just... That part of it. Like, I get... I get... I get at all of it. It's just I don't get him. I don't... People who are that... that I think that's why, like, I... I I, I, I'm so into true crime and stuff is because I don't understand evil. Because you have to be evil, I guess, to understand it, you know? And it's yeah. like, I want to understand this. I'll, I've had evil shit happen to me in my life, mm-hmm. and I just... I don't know. Well, I tell people it's just from bad and evil. Yeah, I mean, good people do bad things. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's just, that's the part of life. But then you have evil people who can do good things and they can hide who they are. Like, I, I, there are some people that I was very close to, but now when I look at them, they're just fucking evil. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, the Dr. Kevorkian that I know. Yeah. I mean,. He hadn't murdered anybody, but he's an evil piece of shit. Yeah. But, you know, nobody would know it if they met him. I mean, you'd have to, like, know the inside. Yeah. And, you know, and, and see all the bad things. Which, you know, I say he hasn't murdered anybody, but some of the shit that he did could have indirectly caused some shit. I mean, or directly, I mean, mm-hmm. he's just, but, you know, anyway, I think that's our rabbit hole. Yep. All right. I mean, you got two hours and 20 minutes. Yep. <laughs> All right. Um, what do you want to cover next week? I don't know. The next week you'll be... I think it'll be October. You want to do something spooky? Uh, yeah. I think, yeah, because next week's going to, yeah. We'll have a month of spooky shit. Okay. And then, of course, we have my birthday on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. So, we'll cover something for that, too. Cool. Um, so, thank you guys for sticking around, listening to this long-ass podcast. Um, we hope you enjoyed it. Uh... Is there anything else I'm going to add? No. I got a question for you guys. Okay. Um, I want to know what your definition of evil is. All right. I think that that's... I would like to see, like, the different viewpoints of what people think evil is. And, like, if you can think of somebody who's, like, truly evil. You know? I mean... It, I mean, I don't know. Just what's your definition of evil? Let us know.
And we will see you guys next week. You gonna say bye? Later. <laughs> All right, peace out.